0: It's episode eight of Night Court, as we sit high above Memphis, looking over this beautiful city on a cold, cloudy day. Not that cold though, this is is a lot better than the other day, because it's not windy yet. That's true, that's true. That's Brevin Knight, 12 year NBA veteran, Stanford Cardinal, I'm Rob Fisher. 30 year veteran. Of stuff, a lot of stuff, (laughs) a lot of stuff. We're both on the Grizzlies television broadcast. Brevin, the analyst. I'm on the sidelines, host pre and post game show. So we're going to talk some NBA. It's Super Bowl week. We're going to talk Super Bowl coming up as well. Look forward to that. I have a question for you that I think might embarrass both of us. And if it, but I'm now a little nervous because if you get the answer correct, then I'm only going to embarrass myself. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ne- 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 never,
1: never doubt this mind
0: yeah so that's coming up so <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous about that um thanks everybody for listening always and uh remember uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts keep listening we appreciate it uh, tell your friends follow us on twitter at nightcourt 22 at nightcourt 22 you did so much better this I did that. do that so much better. I was really just thinking about it too concentrating <laughs> uh And uh, yeah, tell everybody about it and uh, write a review even if you want, but uh, subscribe to the podcast, tune in every week, and we thank you for listening.
1: Well, I'm jumping in now because, you know, usually we we come on here and we we immediately uh, talk sports and and talk about the things that are going on, especially with the Grizzlies, but um, something of a more serious note to start. Um, Fish has come out and talked about his battles with depression this last week. And and so just kind of wanted to, we didn't talk about it much on our show. He was able to talk about it in an article and on another podcast, but just wanted to kind of expound on it here with us. And and so I am going to take over and be more of the interviewer here just to show my range.
0: This is, this is not your forte. (laughs)
1: Yes, but, but (laughs) um, first and foremost, what, what made you want to address the issue of depression at this moment?
0: I've wanted to do it for a long time. Probably the last, oh, I don't know, five years. I've wanted, I've, I've wanted to because I thought it could help people. And it just honestly just never was the right time uh, for me to feel comfortable being vulnerable, telling something personal about myself, to you know a lot of people with the platform that we have right um but it was always about if it could help somebody or and help anybody that it'd be worth it to do but i I was never ready myself and then you know my son's diagnosed with autism and spent a lot of time with that and you know it just that didn't feel like the right time You know, hey, not only does my son have autism, guess what else is going on? You know, and I just wasn't still just wasn't comfortable doing it myself. COVID is COVID's made it change for me that there are so many people, you know, who suffer from depression, who feel alone all the time. And COVID has made people feel alone. And a lot of people have been alone. And it's just made things so much harder for people that. You know, my, my doctor told me that not only are we living in a pandemic, um, we're, we're living in a mental health pandemic right now, right. uh, because it is such a problem. And, you know, people still have that stigma of not believing what it is or thinking that it's, you're just depressed about something. Um, and I, as I say all the time, you know, being depressed isn't having depression. It's, it's a different thing. Right. So it's hard that people don't understand. So when you want to talk about it and you want to talk about how you're feeling, you know, even family members, unless they understand what you're going through, they don't understand what you're going through on a day-to-day basis. So it's hard to talk about it to people. It's hard to talk about it with friends. I mean, friends don't understand it because they they don't see you in that light. They see you as fun and happy and smiling. And, you know, so it... It's hard to ever really talk about it because there's a lot of shame and just, I don't know, not embarrassment, but just more shame. You right. just hang your head, you know. So to get help, you need to talk to someone who has is going through it or you need professional help. And I just, uh, I don't know. I think part of it, you know, things just trigger it at times. And COVID's had me really wanting to do it, really want to talk about it. And my doctors kept telling me, you know, do it when you're ready. You have to make sure you're good with yourself before you actually do it. And I felt good about myself. And, you know, that that time off from the Grizzlies when the team was parked, you know, I just kind of felt alone and just, you know, kind of felt like, okay, I want to talk about this and I I need to talk about it. And then our friend Chelsea Chandler, who works at uh, ABC24, in Memphis, she, she, you know, has depression and she has a brother who she's openly talked about who committed suicide. So it's something that she feels very strongly about. And ABC 24 just started to do a podcast and Chelsea was hosting the podcast. And so the first podcast that they did, she had me on and she said, I want to have you on my first one to talk about this. And her and I have talked in the past about our battles and she made me comfortable i knew it would be a comfortable interview i knew she could hold my hand through it and so she kind of she kind of poked the bear and at that point when i agreed to do it with her it was like well i gotta do it and and then at that point i also thought you know i i've wanted to tell the story for a long time and the person that i've wanted to tell the story is jeff Calkins, because i think when he puts things on paper he's masterful right and um i so i've always wanted to tell him the story and i called him and asked if he'd be interested in the story and his response was overwhelming just you know honored to do it you know i'd I'd be privileged to do it and it was it was it was kind of neat to hear that and uh so he came over and we talked and you know and I, i told my story so it was um it was it, 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 it's it's a boring answer but the, the long that was the long answer. The short answer is it was just the right time.
1: Well, well I like to kind of backtrack to when did you realize you had a problem? What what were some of the moments leading up to the culminating point
0: where you said I need to get help? It was 2004, Christmas. You know, Brevin, you, you, you know this. I mean, you, you played professional sports. I, I played, I, I was able and lucky enough to play into college. And I was a guy that basically, I made it and was good because I just had a passion for the game. Right. Understood the game, played it right, and just had the passion for the game. Always worked my ass off to get where I was. I wasn't the best player out there, but I was good enough because of my work ethic in right. the game. So growing up, I I I was on a lot of losing teams, man, <laughs> and it sucked. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, I know who you were. And and you know when you have that, you know that competitive spirit in you, losses are tough. Yes. Things that happen wrong in games are tough. I had, I wouldn't go as far as saying anger issues, but I had anger outbursts, and. You know, never, never harming people. It was, it was always directed at myself. Right. And if it was at someone else, they got me at the wrong time because it was still about me. Right. But I always just thought it was because I was competitive and I just wanted more from myself. You know, I never thought anything about it. My mom would tell me all the time. She's like, "You need help. You need right. to talk to somebody." I'm like, "Whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm competitive. Right. I'm
1: competitive. That's just a competitive spirit in and
0: me. That's what I thought it was." And I was home for Christmas. I lived in Memphis. I was home in St. Louis for Christmas in 2004. And I, my family goes to my aunt's house on Christmas night. And, you know, I let the family go first because I would never really liked hanging around a lot of people. I mean, that's kind of a sign, too. But I just thought it was because I just didn't like hanging around people. <laughs> so so I, uh, I, was, I was getting ready, and I was late, so everybody was already gone. I was home alone at my mother's house. And I I was getting ready, and I was fixing my hair. And you know how I am about my hair. I I, I do. You you take it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my things, man. Um, So I'm, I'm trying to fix my hair, and I couldn't get my hair to fix. And, I mean, it's that small of a thing. And I started screaming at myself. I started pulling on my hair. I was... I turned around and punched a hole in the wall of my mom's bathroom. And then I looked in the mirror and just went to the floor in tears, crying, bawling, miserable. And just, it was that moment that I thought I need help. This is, this is bigger than just being a competitor. I mean, this is, this is, this is serious. So I went to my aunt's um got through it uh i left told my mom i loved her and i said give me a call and she's like is everything all right and I was like just call me when you leave she called me when i left or when she left and i just told her i said mom i i have a problem i need help and she said i know you do and she she knew and it was uh at that moment i started seeing a therapist and um it was a therapist from st louis so we talked on the phone every month right and I didn't have that face to face interaction, but you know, I started to get medicated and it got to the point where I, I, I felt like, you know, it, it was a bad day here and there, but I always could recover from it and it was fine. And that was until, and I mean, I knew I had depression, but I just, I, I knew it when, when I had bad days, I, I knew I have it. It's going to pass. I'll be fine tomorrow. But it was May of, 2018 Uh yeah may may 29th 2018 when it was the lowest day of my life and i had stopped taking my meds i was off my meds for about a year and a half because i felt fine and i i didn't think i needed them and i didn't think it was serious and like i said when i had bad days they passed whatever i got over it um and on that day just for whatever reason i couldn't get out of bed was crying hysterically um, and wanted to kill myself, and and thought long and hard about it, and to the point where I was thinking about you know how how's my wife still going to get insurance money? Can, how how can I do this to where she can not suffer financially? How can I do it where my kids won't either find me or see me? Because I don't want to put them through that and you know people when a, a stigma of depression and, and suicide is it being selfish when, when you have depression and, and you consider it and you think about it it's because you don't want to be a burden to other people anymore All right you're trying you're trying to save them from being around you you're not i mean you know it's going to hurt them but you still think it's better for them that you're not around. Right. So you are thinking of them and ultimately thinking of them is a reason why most will stop. And I think it's part of the reason why I didn't go through with it. I think the main reason I didn't go through with it was cause I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. I, I, the most painless way possible.
1: right?
0: And, um, You know it just it was it was a scary feeling and I I was hysterical and I call I texted my radio partner and told him that I, I couldn't come to work because I wasn't feeling well and he asked if it was something I ate and I said no it's mental and he was said you know don't do anything stupid I was like okay and next thing you know he had called Ron Tillery used to work at the commercial appeal and he lives a couple blocks from me and Ron came over and I was outside having a cigarette and crying. And Ron came by and gave me a hug and got me out of the house. And, And, um, you know, we went and got something to eat and we talked and my wife came up and his wife came up and another friend came up and you know, we, uh, we talked and it, it helped me get through that day. But it was, it was that point again where I thought that this, is, this is even more serious, you know, than I thought. It's going to another level now. So now I'm on medication. I'm seeing a therapist here, a psychologist here, a psychiatrist here uh, in Memphis, which helps much better because it's face-to-face. And, um, yeah, I mean, just looking back at all the bad days that I've had, You know, none was worse than that day. And normally they pass after a day. That didn't pass, and hasn't really completely passed. I mean, it's. I think about it every day. I think about that day every day, at some point of the day.
1: What? I guess we'll 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 finish with this. What advice, twofold, would you give to people that are feeling this way? Because the thing that you always talk about is this is is. This doesn't it does not show on people on a regular basis. We talk about Robin Williams, right. someone we talk we talk about Anthony Bourdain, you talked about the, the situation of the you look at their life and think that, well, everything is fine. Why would they be in that depressed state? But for people that we look at and think that are fine, but they are going through certain demons within them, what advice would you give to them? But and also what advice would you give to family members and friends? of people that are going through it. If they, if you do see something that may be a little
0: bit off, I I think the one thing and it's been amazing since the article came out. I mean, the number of people, um, hundreds and hundreds of people who have either just shown support or who have told me their story uh, has been incredible. And it's been inspiring for me the last week. Um, my advice to people who are suffering from depression is well, the first thing I'd say to you it's not really advice, but you're not alone. And I think that that was something that's been huge for me in the last week. And seeing everybody share their story with me, it was like, wow, you know, I'm not different. I mean, there are a lot of people who are suffering from depression. You look at the numbers and I mean, you get a room full of 10, you're, you're going to find a few that right. that have it. Right. But my my advice is, you know, you're not alone. It feels so good to talk about it. But it's I know how difficult it is to talk to people because they don't understand it. Somebody wrote me a letter, and it, and they had a great point. They said, trying to talk to somebody who doesn't understand it, it's like trying to tell somebody, explain a joke to somebody that they just don't get. You Good just point. can't, Good point. You, unless you feel it and live it, you can't understand it. And for, for us who have depression and, and the question of why are you depressed, the answer is, it's, it's an easy answer, but it's a difficult thing to respond to is, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I don't know why I feel like this today. I don't know why that day I wanted to kill myself. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't wake up an angry person. I love being happy. I love having joy in my life. I love my family. I I, I I love every day. But for some reason that day, I wanted to take it to the extreme. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's why I need medication. It's why I have to talk to people. You need to talk to people who understand it and people who know. And and a lot of times you can't find those people around you because they just they don't understand it right you've got to get professional help you've got to talk to doctors there are great doctors out there i have a spectacular doctor i mean you can you can send me an email you can send me a twitter dm whatever i'll 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 help you if you're looking for help and you want to talk or you want to find a doctor, but you've got to talk because it's the only way to get it out because it's just become so overwhelming when you keep everything in that that's what leads to, I mean, the darkest days. So you got to talk Two, if you're on medication, don't ever stop taking your medication. I knew that I was told that I disregarded it. Like so many people have done before. And, and that goes for anything, not just depression. If you're medicated for something, don't stop thinking you're fine. You're fine because. partly because of the medication. Right. right. So always take your medication. Three, try to be active. You know, whether it's exercise, just taking a walk. Just taking a walk every day. Try to be active. Try to keep the heart going. Tr- because sitting in your bed with the windows closed and, you know... Just staring at the wall and thinking constantly about bad things—it it just again becomes overwhelming, and too much can happen. So those would be the three biggest things: be active, talk to someone. Number one, take your meds. Yeah, be active. All right, for for people who have, who families who have a someone in their family that has to—it's—it's—it's it's just it's it's simple you don't want a pity party you don't want to constantly be asked are you feeling okay today or are right. you okay today right 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 but <clears throat> once you know you can see signs and I've had friends of mine even say you know it makes sense a little bit I, I, I kind of see when you were you had moments where you were not yourself should, should we talk about some of those moments on the plane when, on when the plane. The, when the internet's not working. When the internet doesn't work. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> I mean those are great examples. Yeah. And and that was and and that's that's the problem though, because it's like I sit there, <clears throat> the internet doesn't work on the plane, and I blame myself. Right. And well, I, I, I hate myself for it. I'm not I'm not just upset. No. I, I it's it's like it's because of me, is how I feel. And I think a lot of times for for just just
1: for me knowing that this was a, a situation. I, always, I almost always felt, so we just let you go through it. And then once, once we got on the bus, because we, ride, we sit next to each other, first we sit across from each other on the plane, but then we sit right behind one another on the bus. It was like, well, let's talk about something else. It was never something that I would intentionally say to you, well, oh, I, 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 sure I heard the outburst. It would just be when we got on the bus, I would try to just do something that was more fun, lighthearted. Talk about something, joke about
0: something, because I felt like was that a moment?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. 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 They were, and you know, it's, and that's that's what's, and again, if you'd ask me, well, what what sparks it? What what makes you have that outburst? I don't know. I don't know, man. It just, and and then it's it happens, and you're you're embarrassed. And then you're pissed at yourself and then you start hating yourself. And I mean, it's a dangerous place to be, man, real dangerous place to be. And, and you need to talk to professional help you do. And, and again, reach out to me, hell I'll, I'll steer you in the right direction, but, but for families, it's, it's just check on them. Hey, doing okay. You know, everyone, not every day, not every 10 minutes. My sister will text me once a week. How you feeling? And I told everybody that from now on, when you ask me how I'm feeling, I'll tell you. Yes. I'll be honest. <coughs> because normally, yes. I mean, you, you see people, how you feel? Great. How are you? Great. And then you're on your way, right? right. You're passing exactly. someone on the street, whatever. And with family even on the phone. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Great. You know, and then you just get into your conversation. I was like, all right, I'll be honest from now on how I'm doing. I might not get into details, but if I'm having a bad day, I'll tell you I'm having a bad day. Right. You know, but... And so, I mean, it's just checking in, having some, having some empathy and again, not a pity party, but the thing, when I have an outburst, the best thing my wife can come tell me, she can put her hand on my shoulder. She can look at me and she can say, and this is an outburst where it ends in me crying on the floor where she can just look at me and say, go have a smoke, go take a drive you know take a walk around the block and to me that just like okay she she knows i'm having a moment right right and she's right this will help me get through it you know just some empathy for those moments and just understanding and, and being more understanding of people because depression is real man and for a long time i think people thought it's not real and people didn't understand it and you know, but but I think we've grown as a society of people understanding it more and more. But there there still are people who who don't fully get it. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he he even said, you know, you just got to think positive thoughts. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, oh okay, it was that easy. You think I wouldn't have done no that? No shit, by that. man. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. So. I would love it to be that easy. Right. So, I mean, that that would be my advice. Well, I, I that,
1: that's I, I think we <clears> – <throat> I wanted to expand on it because it, it was something that you talked about. Um, we, that we, we will have different listeners than the other mediums maybe that you were able to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it, it's – like you said, especially during these times, it's something that's real. And it's something for those of us that haven't been through it but you may know someone that's going through it or you – May have heard of someone. Um, I think that it was. It was. This was just big to be able to hear you because so many people know you as the fun guy. But to understand that there are layers to what goes on with with this depression, and so, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're. And I'm, I'm proud a of fun you. guy. I
0: like that. No, no, I st- want to be the fun guy. No, You'll still uh, you be know. that. But but
1: I but, I can tell you that I I am super proud of you for being able to open up the way that you have um, to explain that dark day uh, on May 29th and, and but to still let people know that I'm still Rob Fisher though like I, I have this problem but I just want others to know that you're not alone in it all And yeah. so so for that I, I, I thank you know I love you like a brother and so I, I, I admire your strength um, through this all
0: well thanks man I appreciate it it's like I said it's People who have reached out, you know, and I told you guys, I mean, you, I, I've talked to you about it in the past, yeah. you know, and, I, and but, you know, everybody who reached out, you know, personally, texts or even on Twitter. And I, I've never had more direct messages that started with the line. You don't know me from Adam, but right. <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> but it's but it's been it's been amazing, the support. And it's also it's been amazing. People sharing their stories. I, I had one guy tell me that he had really been suffering from depression for the last couple of years. And I knew this gentleman. And, he, I mean, we, we did business together in radio and everything. And he, he just said, I've been suffering the last couple of years, and I've never talked about it until tonight. And tonight was the first time that I told my wife. And I told her, Monday, I'm getting a doctor. And he said, because of that article. And, I mean, that was... That made me quiver a little bit. Yes. Okay, I mean, so that, it was, well, that, that was. I, I mean, think that,
1: that was, that was the overall point of why you did it, because you wanted people to know that it is real. You can get help, but the first step is almost like an addict. The first step is you have to acknowledge that you have a problem.
0: Yeah, and and I think there are a lot of people who do acknowledge they have the problem, yet still don't right. want to seek the help. Gotcha, and and that that's that's the 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 biggest step is that hurdle, so. Yeah, thank thank you, and I'm glad we got to talk about it. And, um, yeah, so, it, all right, you ready? <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no. It's not a good there's transition. No, there's not no. a good transition from that, but. No, we need Pete. <laughs> um, Super Bowl. Chiefs, Bucks. Chiefs three-and-a-half-point favorite, who do you like?
1: I'm going with Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, it's I, hard to not. It's hard. To, it's hard not to because it's almost like his old Patriot days where he just had to manage the game well enough because his defense was good enough. And I think that this Bucks defense is good enough to be able to manage their side of the ball, make it as hard as, as the Chiefs. And then the thing, one thing for the Chiefs, as you, as, as I really put on my football analyst hat here, mm-hmm. you know, because you know how deep I go with football. Yeah, they'll be missing their two tackles and not just two average tackles. Yeah. And, and I wonder how much of an influence that will have on against a team with a front four with, with, that can be as dominating as the Bucks' front four can be. So I, I'm going to go with the game management of Tom Brady on the offensive side and that defense being able to put enough pressure on Mahomes, not allow there to be a running game, uh, that allows the Patriots to win.
0: I love your analysis, by the way. I will tell you. As soon as the line came out, I bet the Chiefs. And a, I'm a Chiefs fan. So, exactly. go Chiefs, go Chiefs Kingdom. Let's go win two back to back. Would be awesome. Um, but what scares me is everything you're saying. And you know, I think the one thing you always see in the NFL playoffs, offenses are good. I mean, the offense who makes it to the Super Bowl, they're really good. But it's the team that has that defense is playing the best they've played all year. Yes. And Tampa's defense is playing the best they've played all year yes. right now. Yep. And it's a killer defense. That concerns me. And the injuries at tackle obviously concern me. But you're a Chiefs fan. But I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm gonna bet the Chiefs. I I see a path for the Bucks to win. But I but but I do believe, even being a Chiefs fan, I mean looking at that side what I talked about last week, what Keyshawn Johnson said, man, they got the best quarterback, they got the best in. You're right. And you know what? I, I think Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. He's going to be a legend in this game. And his legendary status could really start, I guess it started last year with the Super Bowl ring, yes. but yeah. this year to back it up and to beat Tom Brady and to beat this Bucks team with that defense, I think, would just start a magical career. So, well, I, I'm picking the you, Chiefs, but other... I, I, I like what the I love watching the Bucks right now. Well, and here's the
1: other thing for the Chiefs that I give: that Tyreek Hill is phenomenal. Not just yeah. with not with just the, his ability to get open, but his runs after catches. I mean, he's electric with the football. So, I, so it's, I, I understand because if they have to put in any way two defenders to Tyreek Hill, then that means all the more work for Travis Kelsey to be able to work in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I, I, listen, I, I expect there to be. I expect it to be a, a fantastic football game. I do too. Um, and one, I'm just going. I'm going to be happy. that I could just sit back and enjoy it with really no big feelings either way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, go Chiefs. Uh, NBA whip around time. All, All right. right. We saw the uh, we saw the Spurs this week. Grizzlies did some damage to the Spurs. Spurs aren't a bad team. Was it just a good matchup or just Grizzlies playing amazing? Well, one
1: was the Grizzlies played amazing in terms of defensively. They were out of this world, especially with the way that they. Defended DeMar DeRozan, and, and hats off to Dylan Brooks for his, his one-on-one defense. Um, but it's also a great matchup. They, they don't have, with the absence of Jonas Valanciunas, you, you worry about the lack of size for this Grizzlies team. But they didn't have a, a big that rolls to the basket hard, not a big post-up presence inside. And so it was, it was a nice matchup for Xavier Tillman to play against um, um, God Dog shooting guy. The, uh, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, um, that and then the wings. They they rely so heavily on their wings player, dribble penetration, young legs, athletic guys. Well, that plays right into the Grizzlies' hands because they have a plethora of wing guys that we like to play smaller lineups, are in a fine with playing with it. So I thought the matchup was right, and whichever team could impose their will would have an upper hand. And the Grizzlies were able to impose their will in two games. The Spurs are they're okay. Oh, Spurs are a good team. Spurs, Spurs was still, they they were a great, before that moment, I think they came in with a three-game winning streak yeah. before we, before they played us, and so they're, they're going to go out and beat some teams because they because of the pace that they play with, and they got some really good, really good young players, and it's a nice mix with DeRozan, Patty Mills, and Aldridge with that young core.
0: Uh, then we saw the Pacers and the Grizzlies, They they got the bad end of that one. Indiana was spectacular. Again, maybe bad matchup as well, but indiana they're a team that they can they're, they're not going to be a fun team to play they aren't but this is the nba they backed that game up playing against milwaukee
1: the next day yeah and get absolutely smacked by milwaukee Yeah, but there's a different dynamic in terms of the players in those games and i thought that their size was just too much for the grizzlies yeah. the way that they they were able to offensively rebound sabonis was a man he had a man-sized game in the first half i think he had 24 and 11 in the first half of that game Uh, Turner made threes, but he was such a presence on the defensive side. I I, I never seen the Grizzlies go to the basket as much as they did turn down shots or go to shoot the ball and throw the ball out. There would be times he would be there. There were times where he wasn't there and they still weren't able to be as effective as they normally are. And so we we thought that the size and physical nature of that game uh, would take a toll and and it did, but the, the Pacers played as great as the Grizzlies played in the games against San Antonio, with how they were clicking on both ends, that's how the paces were because they clicked in the paint and they were clicking from the three-point line.
0: All right, it's time to uh it's it's time for the embarrassing question. I'm ready. All right. We're seeing the Houston Rockets this week. Head coach of the Houston Rockets is Stephen Silas. Stephen Silas, of course, uh son of Paul Silas. Yes. Yep. You play for the the Paul, great Paul Silas, Silas. Right? I didn't
1: play for Paul. Oh you did. But I got an opportunity to see him on a regular basis because when I played for the Bobcats, he was uh, he was at just about every home game, so got a chance to, to get to know him and their family.
0: Cool. All right, uh, good job. You're one for one. Uh, the Pelicans. Yes. Head coach.
1: Uh, Van Gundy. Stan. Stan Van Gundy.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana Pacers head coach.
1: Bjorkman. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yes. Don't you dare doubt the, the work. People, people don't think I'm not I'm not Charles Barkley.
0: Like, because you think I, well, you, we just you, played him two days ago. Listen, you and think I, I don't remember that driving here. Nah, because, because a lot of times
1: people think Charles doesn't know, he knows a lot more things than people give him credit for. But I'm letting you know that I know just a little bit more than that. Oklahoma City. Young guy. <laughs> And know what's bad about that is I watched the entire Oklahoma City-Houston game last <laughs> night to get ready to see what Houston did. And how about this? Houston looked, they were the hottest team along with the Grizzlies. Yep. Going into that la- to that game of Oklahoma City, absolutely got steamrolled yep. by Oklahoma City because they couldn't make shots, no John Wall. Uh, and Oklahoma City did a great job of tinkering their defense from the first game where they gave up 28 threes to the Rockets. Where they defended them extremely well. And so... It'll be interesting when the, when the Grizzlies and the Rockets play each other to see w- how each team bounces back from a bad performance yeah. after having such a long running yeah.
0: streak. Yeah. yeah, that'll be cool. All right, well, you did good. You did really well. I mean, I knew you knew the first one. I was just kind of warming you up. Yeah. And, and I was interested on the Pacers since we just played them last year. Uh, uh, and and, and, and why I know that one because <laughs>
1: Petey said his name enough times that it's still ringing in my head. Yeah, yeah. But the, the Oklahoma City
0: coach. Daniel, I believe. It's, Dang, a, it's a it's a hockey name, Daniel but uh, yeah, he, I don't I don't I don't know him
1: I don't know him at all. Well,
0: we haven't seen them yet, so
1: we haven't. No, but that's, uh, uh, man, I wish I was loud. they didn't say his name enough time. And the reason why I watched the Rockets broadcast, ah, if I would have watched the Thunder broadcast, they probably didn't know. Oh, they didn't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you right now, they didn't know. But the,
0: if I watched the Thunder broadcast, <laughs> oh. I might have I might have been able to pick that one up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of uh, Night Court. Again, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, man, and, thank uh, you. Man. Subscribe and uh, tell your friends. Tweet it out. Follow us on Twitter at Night Court Twenty Two. Of course, you could follow Brevin at uh, Brevin Night Twenty Two. Right? Yeah. yeah at Brevin Night. And it's, it's during the
1: NBA season, so he's active.
0: Yeah. So he actually looks at it. <laughs> and uh, I'm at the Fish Nation. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter and then, of course, at NightCourt22. All right, that's going to do it for us. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, well, go Chiefs. And if it's Tom, I mean, what a great story that is. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. But I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Really big, really big. Chiefs kingdom. Uh, for Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Peace.